0: Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured.
1: And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in on the Red Future Radio Network. GOPjosh.com is our homepage. I have to do a quick shout out first before we begin the program. A great friend of the program, someone I know who listens pretty often. Uh, If not, every time we have a new program. His name is Matt Irwin. And he is our newest Patreon subscriber, supporting us for $3 a month over on Patreon. Thank you for your support. We greatly appreciate keeping on uh, on air. Stay in touch, my friend. And if you're in Troy, Ohio or around Troy, Ohio, erwinchrysler.com. Check out the Erwin Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram dealership (laughs) while we're we're out there. All right, so let's hop right into the stories of the day. Uh, PayPal is reinstating... Their $2,500 fine for spreading, quote, inaccurate information. So this story was pretty much brought up and struck down as soon as it came out. Right away, PayPal said, we're ending this program because people are disapproving of it. But pretty much they, they put in their, their, uh, their punishment where anyone who violates their policy of spreading inaccurate or misleading information will be fined $2,500 per violation. This is uh, not not only that, this is actually a, the, the article I'm reading is a transcript from Todd Starnes' morning radio commentary, a great commentary I appreciate every day. It can hold all the money in your account for up to six months, quote, if reasonably needed to protect against the risk of liability or if you have violated our acceptable use policy. PayPal has originally announced the policy a few weeks ago leading into a mass exodus of users. Their stock plunged 6% in one day, down 55% for the year. Uh, In response, PayPal reversed course and apologized. They have reversed course again. The former president of PayPal, David Marcus, says he condemns the fines, saying it goes against everything they believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something they disagree with. Don't be surprised if hashtag boycott PayPal starts trending on social media. So I'm personally not a major PayPal user. I don't use it in my daily life. I don't use it often at all, actually. I prefer using just a, a card or Apple Pay uh, to pay with. But we have a company here, which a lot of creators in this space rely on for their income. If, if I When I withdraw the money from Patreon that I was talking about before, it will be through PayPal. That's the only way to do it, except for through Stripe, which I'm not qualified for. You have to use PayPal if you want to be in the media business. If you want to be in the politics business. If you want to be in the commentary business. PayPal is a necessary evil. Until GabPay gets up. Until we have some alternatives. As of now at this point. If you want to use these platforms like Patreon. uh, I think YouTube uses it too. You must use PayPal. It's currently a necessary evil. And a, a sad evil. But they are currently saying. You, they can fine you $2,500, $2,500 for spreading inaccurate information. Who qualifies what is inaccurate information? We know when Joe Rogan went on the, I'm sorry, when Mark Zuckerberg went on the Joe Rogan podcast, we know he said that the FBI was involved in stopping election misinformation during the 2020 election and, and kind of forced them to, to silence Conservatives and Republicans on Twitter and on Facebook. So who at the Justice Department, at the FBI, at the CIA, in the Biden White House, is deciding what they consider inaccurate information? Because if it's not, it, it, no one in a high portion of a media company, of a tech company, of any company, gets to decide what is inaccurate information, what is misinformation. That's not their place. That's the place of We the people in the public market, our commerce, our freedom of association, our freedom of uh, of just where we want to spend our money. If you don't like what I have to say on this radio program, turn the channel. Turn off the podcast recording. Stop listening to Red Future Radio if you don't like what I have to say. That's your place as a consumer to decide what is told to you. It's not the place of a media company to say, well, we don't like what what GOP Josh has to say, so we're going to take $2,500 out of his PayPal account. It's not the place of a tech company to say that. That's your job. And taking away our freedom of association, our freedom of commerce, well, this is just downright wrong. Seizing property. Now, now, I I don't know a lot about the TOS of PayPal. But who has property to the monetary bonuses and the monetary amounts in the PayPal account when it is being held by PayPal. Is that, at that point, PayPal's money? If not, when does this become theft? And if it is, when does this become the person who, who received the money? When does this become their money? How, how does that work in this process? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered, but this policy cannot stand. Hashtag boycott PayPal. Stop the, the radical, just theft of conservatives. If you support conservative media, alternative media, or you just use PayPal in a period and you might say something controversial on Facebook. You need to boycott PayPal. I mentioned this on uh, Tuesday's program as well because this is Thursday, October 27th. I mentioned this Tuesday as well. Alex Jones is kind of the forefront for everything. Alex Jones was censored by PayPal first. Alex Jones was cut off by PayPal first. And now they're doing it to us, threatening to seize all of the money in your account And fining you twenty five hundred dollars for spreading misinformation. What? Where's the line that we draw? Where's the line in the sand? Boycott PayPal. We can't stand for this anymore. So we have a lot of election news today. So actually, the rest of the program is about about elections. But I wanted to get that out there. We are twelve days away from the most important election of our lifetime. If you want to take back this country from Brandon, from Joe Biden, from Nancy Pelosi, from Chuck Schumer, from the radical left, it is time we stand with, time we fight. Get out and vote on November 8th or before if you can take advantage of early voting laws. I may not support them, but while they're in place, take advantage of them and make your voice heard for Republicans up and down the ballot. Conservatives up and down the ballot may not be Republicans on your ballot. Make sure you read into the candidates, especially the independent candidates. Read into them. And make sure you support the candidates that you vote for. Before we move on to the elections, I have to talk about the American America's Perspective. Uh, the American Perspective, America's Perspective.us. I'm the proud editor-in-chief of the American Perspective, America's Perspective.us. We broke the story about Elon Musk finally sealing the deal and purchasing Twitter fully. It is in his name. He is the owner of Twitter. We broke that story today, so America's perspective.us, America's perspective.us. So a new Congresswoman has entered Congress winning a special election that was held by a Brandon phony for a long time. Myra Flores, not a big fan of her. She's kind of 50-50. She's great for the district. I think she can win this uh, re-election even with it being a D-13 district because uh, Hispanics just have a great Hispanic kind of race loyalty. Myra Flores, who is a Hispanic woman, is prevented from joining the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. Town Hall has exclusively learned Representative Myra Flores was prevented from joining the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, the leading caucus for Latino members of Congress, because she is a Republican and membership is only reserved for Democrats. According to those familiar with the situation, Flores requested to join CHC in early October and was rejected shortly thereafter. Flores is not only first Mexican-born woman to serve in Congress— but she also represents a district along the U.S.-Mexico border that is overwhelmingly Latino. CHC used to have Republican members, but they went on to create the Congressional Hispanic Caucus as their own version of the CHC in the 2000s. So there's a Congressional Hispanic Caucus that used to have Republican members. So the CHC's website states that the caucus addresses national and international issues and crafts policies that impact the Hispanic community. The function of the caucus is to serve as a forum for the Hispanic members of Congress to coalesce around a collective legislative agenda. The website does not state in its about section that only Democrats can join the organization. She is not the first Mexican-born Republican. She is not the first Mexican-born woman. I guess she is the first Mexican-born woman. (laughs) She is the first Mexican-born woman to serve in the U.S. House of Representatives, and because she is a Republican, she cannot join the Congressional Latinos Caucus, or the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. What does her political party and her political affiliation have to do with her race? She is a Hispanic. She is a Latino. She is qualified to join that caucus. Where in the requirements does it say she has to be a Democrat? Pick you up on the other side of this break, GOPjosh.com. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader, Red Feature Radio Network, the American perspective affiliate radio stations all across the nation and on your favorite podcast platform. I believe that those are all the different places you can find us and this program. Thank you for being here every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. The Washington Post which is a radical leftist outlet. They said in an opinion piece, or one of their columnists said, that everything named Washington needs to be renamed, written in the Washington Post. So the Washington Post is endorsing a Republican candidate instead of his dim challenger. The Washington Post endorsed a Republican candidate for his, quote, responsible style of governing that would ensure investment returns for Maryland residents, according to a recent opinion piece. Hartford County Executive Barry Glassman was endorsed over Democrat Delbrook uh, E. Lyerman because he is a traditional Republican who is against the GOP's MAGA wing and would hold the position with a restrained approach compared to Lyerman, who they feel will leverage the tax fund to reward companies who align with their priorities. Glassman's restrained approach would align with the state's laws and constitution. Furthermore, he presents the only realistic change for any Republican to win a statewide office this election cycle. So they endorse a Republican. It's not a good Republican. It's not someone who is Trumpian. It's not someone who's conservative, really, but it's someone that is a Republican, and that's kind of important. We see a lot of Republicans and conservatives, supposedly, like John Kasich, like Liz Cheney, who we'll talk about in a minute, like uh, Adam, Adam Kinsinger breaking from the party because of Donald Trump endorsing Democrats. Seeing one of those Republicans, almost, I mean, I'd say he's a little better than every single rhino, actually being endorsed by the left wing isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for Republicans statewide in Maryland. Not a bad thing for Republicans nationwide if, if this story breaks. He may not be the most prominent Republican and he may not be the most Trump Republican, but he is a Republican nonetheless, endorsed by a Democrat media outlet. That's important. And that's an important story I wanted to bring up but but something more important to this to the country is a is a congressional candidate a Democrat running against a Republican incumbent his name is Tom Barrett his opponent was endorsed by Liz Cheney the first Democrat I believe she endorsed outside of a a half endorsement of Katie Hobbs in Arizona Michigan State Senator Tom Barrett, Republican congressional candidate running to represent Michigan's 7th congressional district, believes it's no surprise that Representative Liz Cheney turned on her own party and endorsed his Democrat opponent, Rep. uh, Alyssa Stockland, in her attempt to seek re-election this fall. This is his quote here. My entire adult life has been committed to service in the Army, and I've sadly lost too many friends as part of America's Endless Wars. Now establishment war hawks like Liz Cheney and Alyssa Stockland are standing together because I oppose their senseless thirst for more foreign entanglements. Barrett, the GOP nominee running against Slotkin, told the, G- uh, the Vox News Digital in response to the endorsement. Rep Slotkin is on record saying she would engage with China to fight a war with America troops in Asia. It's no surprise the Cheney family is joining her, and it exposes the permanent Washington establishment war first America last agenda. Slotkin can keep Cheney while I w- v- work to keep America out of senseless wars. This is the guy. And I'm going to be completely honest. I wasn't very familiar with Mr. Tom Barrett before this position and before this this uh, the standing. He is who should be leading, or at least in some sort of leadership position, after he wins in the Republican Party. Man, that was incredible. If he doesn't get corrupted by, by Washington, he's going to be a great congressman. Let's see how this uh, district lines up. He's running for Michigan 7th. Michigan's 7th right now currently, according to redistricting, is a very tight R plus 4. Very close race. I believe he will pick it up in this Republican-leaning year. But that is the state capital of Lansing's district there. It is an R plus 4 district. So if you're in that district, if you happen to be, make sure you are or are not. 538.com slash redistricting for that tool. If you're in that district, vote for Tom Barrett. He's incredible. That was an incredible statement. That is who our Republican candidates and our Republican politicians and our Republican consultants should be looking towards to replicate across the nation. If we can have Tom Barrett in Ohio Senate, which I believe we do in J.D. Vance in some ways, in Pennsylvania, in these conservative states, or not conservative, but these swing states that could be picked up by populists, by America First people. That's what we need to do. We need to replicate this man. Tom Barrett. I don't know much about him, but, but just based on this statement alone, He has my support, and I believe he will be a great congressman when he picks up that seat, a Republican flip in 2022. Let's move on. Debate time. It was debate night in America on Tuesday. Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin, uh, Gretchen Whitmore and Tudor Dixon, as well as John Fetterman and Dr. Oz, and we'll have some audio from that one. They challenged each other in a debate. All three of those uh, pairs debated the other night, and it was a great—they were all three great. I watched two of them. I heard great things about the Tudor-Dixon debate as well. But I want to read from the New York Daily News. Governor Hochul and Republican challenger Lee Zeldin sparred over crime, abortion, and the future of New York on Tuesday as they faced off in the sole debate between the two candidates ahead of election day. The one-hour-and-change showdown hosted by Spectrum News NY1 and held at Pace University's Manhattan campus gave the Democrat incumbent in the Long Island congressman hoping to unseat her a chance to appeal directly to New York voters with just two weeks to go before the November 8th contest. Uh, She said in her opening statement, every single day I wake up thinking about how I can work harder for you and your families to invest in your kids, very much focused on public safety and getting more and more illegal guns off the street. Very pure partisan left opening statement from Kathy Hochul. Lee Zeldin was pretty moderate. He said you're poorer and less safe because of Kathy Hochul and extreme policies. I'm here for one reason, to save our state. New York is in crisis. And I want to see if I have a clip here. Uh, Worried about crime, Kathy. I want to play this clip from here. Because she said, Why are you so worried about locking up crime? (laughs) She said that as a statement during her debate. The biggest thing was, Why are you worried about crime? Like, Really, lady? Now, I don't seem to have this video here. Unfortunately, I don't have the clip saved. I wish I did. But but she said pretty much in loose terms, why are you so worried about crime and unlocking up criminals? I am running to take back our streets and support unapologetically our men and women in law enforcement, Zeldin said, repeatedly vowing to roll back bail reform. You can either work on keeping people scared or you can focus on keeping them safe. I understand the fear. I walk this streets to New York City every day. I've taken the subways. The fear is we- real, Hochul said. And I don't believe that quote is in this article, but I heard it with my own ears. When, he mentioned some, when she mentioned something about, what, why are you so worried about crime? Uh, locking up crime. <laughs> I mean, it, w- it was hilarious. I- I'm trying to find the clip still here as I speak. I don't think I'll be able to find it while on the air, unfortunately. I, I forgot about that part until just now. But I mean, it was, a, it, <laughs> it was a great soundbite clippable moment, as there were a couple of them in the John Fetterman and Dr. Oz debate as well, which we'll get to in a minute. But that was the debate with Kathy Hochul. Lee Zeldin, and I don't have anything about the the Michigan debate, but I hear Tudor Dixon also knocked that one out of the park. Arizona, there wasn't a debate. Uh, Kathy Hochul, or I'm sorry, Katie Hobbs refuses to debate Kerry Lake. But in Arizona, Lake leads the governor's race, and the Senate race is, race is tight. So People were saying, if we don't see a, a sort of win by Blake Masters in a poll, He's out of the race. He's not going to win. This is close enough to me. All right. Governor's race. Carrie Lake winning by over 10 points, folks. Carrie Lake is going to be the next U.S. Senator from Arizona. or no, I'm sorry. Governor of Arizona. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading the Senate poll as I speak. She's going to be the next governor of Arizona. Carrie Lake. Take that one to the bank. So the Arizona Senate race. Arguably the most important race of the cycle. Mark Kelly is the incumbent running for re-election. He is an astronaut, which is his only campaign point. He is only leading Blake Masters in a mainstream media Fox 10 Phoenix poll by two percentage points. You heard that right, folks. You heard that right, folks. Mark Kelly, incumbent senator, supposedly very popular, is leading by two points. With Blake Masters right behind at 43%. Mark Victor, the abolish the age of consent guy. He is at 6%. 6% is still undecided, I believe. Blake Masters will pick up that seat. That will be a Republican flip. Further taking back the Senate in 2022. Blake Masters, I'm sorry, is a great candidate. He is phenomenal. He is great on all the issues. He does everything right. I love his his, uh, style. For his commercials. I know you can't see the ad here. But his commercial style. Is just fantastic. He'll go on there. And it's just simple. Just him talking into a camera. Not overly edited. Not. This is. I, I don't like those. <laughs> I don't care for those ads. But I love the ads with the. The calm sort of just speaking to a camera. Like Blake Masters has ran his campaign on. Those ads are phenomenal. His endorsement ad with uh, Donald Trump was phenomenal. I can't seem to find that now. That was pre-primary. But it's simple. Not really attention-grabbing, but really enough to just understand. And to get it through simple. Or phenomenal. I, I like Blake Masters' campaign. He was one of the first people I actually supported publicly in this cycle. I mean, he he is just phenomenal. I believe he's got a great chance at taking back the Senate and helping us take back the Senate. One seat. We are one seat away, folks. If we hold Ohio, we hold the other seats. We hold the other plans. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to win. And I believe Blake Masters is that flippable seat we need in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, I think here's one of his ads. I know you can't see it, but I just want you to hear it. This is the remnants of people that came into this country. No, this isn't one of them. That That's a different ad. I'm sorry. I'm just scrolling through his twitter feed trying to find one of these but um anyways i kind of want to move on here there's a kind of highly edited one he he does like a mix he does like a mix oh here it is here's that i wanted i really wanted all right let's start it from the top
0: Blake Masters is an incredible person, a very smart guy, and an America First fighter. I endorse Blake because he will protect our border, he stands for life, and he's strong on election fraud. Frankly, he's strong on everything needed to keep Arizona first. Mark Bronovich and Jim Lehman, on the other hand, will only let you down. Blake Masters has my
1: complete and total endorsement. I'm Blake Masters, and I approve this message. And that yes, was the ad there. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Blake Masters. That is
1: phenomenal. That is the guy we need in the U.S. Senate. Blake Masters is going to win bigly. Hope he wins by like three or five points. Just to put it to Mark Kelly in the Trump state that he won um, in 2022, when we, or in 2020, when we return, I want to tell you about how Cook Political Report, a left-wing outlet, is f- shifting their Arizona Senate rating. We'll talk about that when we return here on the Conservative Crusader Red Feature Radio Network in the American Perspective. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Hey, everyone! It's GOP Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as three dollars a month. You can find that at Patreon.com/slash GOP Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you folks. And now back to the conservative crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader, segment three of the Conservative Crusader radio program. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here. The Cook Political Report, which if you know anything about politics, is a pretty left-wing outlet. The Cook Political Report is shifting the Arizona Senate rating to toss-up. That's a good thing. They have OH09 Tilt D, which is J. R. Majewski's district. He's going to win that by five or six points. They have a uh, J.D. Vance at a very tight, I think it's lean R right now. He's going to win by 10 or 11 points. So this one being a toss-up race. <laughs> I mean, that that is everything we need. The Cook Political Report said on Thursday that it would be shifting its rating of the Arizona Senate race from lean Democrat to toss-up less than two weeks ahead of the November midterms. Jessica Taylor, who is Cook's Senate and Governor's editor, said the nonpartisan election handicapper was shifting the race back to a toss-up because of recent private polling has shown the race between Senator Mark Kelly and Republican Blake Masters tightening up to, despite the fact that the Democrats are outspending Republicans in the state by a two-to-one margin. So we know that there is a lot of outside spending in this election cycle, primarily for Democrats, right? Especially if you're in Pennsylvania, if you're in Arizona, if you're in Nevada, if you're in Wisconsin listening to this program, you know that there's a lot of outside money being poured in and packs and to the candidates themselves running advertisements to try to get your support. Some of them are even acting like conservatives like Tim Ryan in Ohio. Don't buy it. Read into the state uh, the, the candidates themselves. The only one I'd say don't vote for Republicans statewide is Joe O'Dea in Colorado. He's a disappointment. But anyways, we, we need all, all the Republicans that we can get. And even he'd be at like a halftime vote. So, so maybe support him as well. But I mean, Tim Ryan in Ohio, which I could go on this about all day, is running advertisements saying he's pretty much a Republican. Right, That's what they're all doing. They're they're all doing a a moderate policy thing. They're they're trying to act conservative to get your support. The Republican voters, they know are going to vote red on election day. Just trying to trick you just a little bit to get the Democrats in the Senate. Don't buy it. And don't fall to outside funding. Don't fall to non-candidates. Don't fall to PAC money. Don't fall to big tech. Whatever they do, go on election day and support Republicans up and down the ballot, except maybe some independents here and there. You never know. All right. Don't have that much more to talk about today. I do want to wait a second for the Fetterman debate, because I think that takes an entire segment itself. We're going to start it now. I want to kind of transition here in a little bit, but I want to talk about the Ohio Senate race just a little bit more because there's two new polls uh, as it draws closer. Senegal. Which I don't exactly. I've never heard of that pollster. Has uh, Vance outside of the margin of error winning. Senegal has uh, placed Vance at 48.7%. And Ryan at 437 Just outside the 2.3% margin of error. Uh, there's actually like a 5 point uh, difference between the two. Uh, and the next poll. Baldwin-Wallace University which I've never heard of either. It has a BC rating. Has Ryan at a 50% bonus right there. I mean, I'm sorry. 50%? You think 50% of registered voters in Ohio are going to go out there and pull a ballot for Tim Ryan? At this point, with 4% undecided in this poll? 3.8% undecided? You've got to be kidding me! You've got to be pulling my leg right now. I, 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 there's no room underneath my, my, my desk here to pull my leg. But someone in the posting, uh, in the polling organizations, is grabbing it and pulling it because this is hilarious. Tim Ryan, enough people know because of JD Vance's late, latest ad who Tim Ryan is. He is a faker. He is a liar. He is. There are two Tims. There are two Tim Ryan's. There is TV 10 and there is was Washington 10. A tale of two Tims.
0: TV Tim Ryan? Pretends he's with you. I don't answer to any political party. But D.C. Tim Ryan votes with Biden-Pelosi 100%.
2: You've said that you don't like Nancy Pelosi. You love Nancy Pelosi.
0: Yeah, I I do love her. D.C. Tim's been in Washington 20 years, supporting amnesty and opposing the border wall that would slow down illegals and drugs flooding Ohio. I'm J.D. Vance, and I approve this message because TV Tim is fake. But D.C. Tim is bad for Ohio.
1: That ad has been running everywhere. I've seen it in front of Bengals games, in front of Browns games, in front of Buckeye games all across the state you can't tell me 50 percent of Ohioans are supporting him after Trump won the state by eight points I think and I said it earlier I think JD Vance is going to win by upwards of 10 points I mean truly at this point with this climate with with his advertising spending the way he's spending now I think he's going to win by upwards of 10 points and I'm going to stand by that as of now When we return, we're going to go deep, deep, deep into this Fetterman and Oz debate, very important to talk about as we go into the final days of the midterm elections, 12 days away from the midterm elections and being kind of at the end of the cycle. We we are moving towards the end of the cycle every single day, and that's why it's so important to keep listening to the program. I do want to say a quick schedule update while, while we're waiting for the break. Because I mentioned I was going to do a program on the 7th of November. And that was going to be my program in lieu of a Election Day program. That's not going to happen. Folks, I mean, I'm sorry. Trump just announced a rally in the state of Ohio. I encourage you all to go. I will be going. <laughs> as If everything goes to plan. So I won't be doing a program. I won't be home. Trump's speaking at 8 p.m. So watch for Election Day content. And watch for the content for the day before at the Trump rally. I'm planning to be there. I hope I could be there and meet many of you listeners there because because frankly, folks, Ohio is our biggest state in terms of statistics. So I want to see some of you there. I'm trying to get media passes so I can go out and interview people in the crowd. So if anyone, if any of you are listening from inside of the Trump team, can I have some media passes, please? Me and Sam McGuire with Red Feature Radio. would appreciate some media passes. But until then, make sure you come into Vandalia, Ohio. It's a great venue. I've been there before for the Trump rally in 2020. I hold that pass behind me like always because I love it. It's my volunteer pass, my expedited entry pass uh, for working on the campaign. It was phenomenal, and I just dropped something again. Okay, we're going to go to break before we destroy the studio. Here in just a minute, John Fetterman, Dr. Oz, right back on the other side. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hi, I'm Joseph Pausch, CEO of Hydro Communications and the American Perspective. The American
0: Perspective is a new, trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave.
1: You should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there. This is The Conservative Crusader. I must correct the Uh, record. uh,
2: Just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? uh,
3: I, I, I do support fracking and I don't I don't. I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking.
1: Okay. Thank you, Mr. Fetterman. On sorry, Lisa, I did not did, edit, did, edit that, that video. It's not just a statement you read. they I did not edit that video. Welcome back, this is the Conservative Crusader, and that was John Fetterman, the Democrat candidate for secret or I'm sorry, for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, saying that he supports fracking. But I want you to listen to that again and the way he actually said it. I'm gonna skip past the dead air here. ...in the way he worded it. Oh, uh,
3: I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking.
1: Oh. So John Fetterman had a stroke, and I'm praying for him in his recovery, as I have since the day of the stroke, which was just four days before the primary election. But why would he get on this debate stage against Dr. Oz... And put himself to shame like this. I believe he might know where he stands like twenty-five percent of the time, but John Fetterman is not in good health. He is not good mentally. He's not good physically. He's not able to understand audio. There were teleprompters, and uh, caption machines at this event. At this debate, there were captions. I don't believe he's capable to serve in the U.S. Senate, and many, many, many Pennsylvanias don't. As the latest poll, if I go to Real Clear Politics and their Pennsylvania ratings. The latest poll, the first poll Dr. Oz has led in has him winning by three, which is more than most polls have had John Fetterman winning by, period. It is now a point three percent chance for Fetterman in this race. Betting odds has it about 67% chance for Dr. Oz. That's where we stand today. The Fetterman campaign is claiming that the closed captioning, which shouldn't have been required for a Senate debate, was filled with errors, but J- Dr. Oz uh, agreed to the captioning so he could debate Doctor uh, John Fetterman. I mean, that's where he was at that point, getting down on his hands and knees as he described it, making sure that he could debate Dr. Oz. That That's where he was trying to to get into this. Here, here's the clip of that here on the Red Feature Radio Network. Wonderful seniors of our nation. They worked their hearts out. They paid into a program. No one's going
0: to touch it on my watch except to make sure that it's stronger than it is right that now. That was about Social, social security. security. Medicare, which I know a lot about as a doctor, are the fundamental uh, element of security for our seniors, and they deserve to feel like they're valued by our nation. John Fetterman again, has been running ads and saying that I'm against those with no proof. I've never said anything different than what I'm saying to you on the stage. But in an effort to fearmonger with people who are older and can be taken advantage of, he'll run these ads. John, it's reprehensible but it's also reflective of your approach to doing these things. You haven't shown up on the campaign trail. You haven't answered questions from voters not once on the campaign trail. You haven't answered questions from media once on the campaign trail even you know just to show off that you could do it. And this is the only debate I could get you to come to talk to me on and I had to beg on my knees to get you to come. And if it wasn't for Dennis probably getting involved I don't think it would have happened. Right. See, Seniors need to know more about your radical left positions, and I need to be able to tell them about my positions. That's what democracy is built on. We exchange ideas. The voters decide you have hidden from it.
1: That is Dr. Oz, and that is very true. So the Pennsylvania Senate campaign uh, of John Fetterman is alleging that the closed captioning system used to assist the Democrat in Tuesday's debate against Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz was slow and full of errors, a claim the debate host refutes. Fetterman is recovering from a stroke he suffered in May and has since struggled with the auditory processing issues and is uh, speaking clearly ever since. The campaign for Fetterman and Oz both agree that the lieutenant governor could use closed captioning for the debate. Following the debate hosted by NextStar, Federman Communications Director Joe Calavello, uh, Joe Calavello told reporters that his boss thrived in his performance on Tuesday despite errors with closed captioning. He did remarkably well tonight, especially when you consider that he's still recovering from a stroke and was working off of delayed captions filled with errors, John won countless attacks, exchanged punches, counterpunched aggressively, and pushed back on Oz's cruelty and attacks. You can say one thing or, the not- or another about the captioning system itself. You have that right. That is your constitutional right to say whether or not you you thought the, con- the system worked. My question is, why was it needed in the first place? John Fetterman if elected, will serve in the most, second most powerful elected position in the United States of America as U.S. senator? Maybe only third, I'm sorry, to to, uh, the vice president. How can we have a senator from a state, a very important state in the union, a lot of people to represent, that can't speak properly and can't process auditory information? That's my question. Nextar rebuked the allegations from the Fetterman campaign, saying in a statement, "The Democrat did not utilize all the opportunities he was given to practice before Tuesday night." Nextar said it offered both candidates two rehearsals; Fetterman only elected to do one. Um, Nextar communication chief Whiteman, Gary Whiteman, said in a statement, "It is unfortunate that Mr. Fetterman is now criticizing the closed captioning process employed by Nextar during tonight's debate. Both candidates agreed to the technical setup for the closed captioning process weeks ago, which was implemented at the request of the Fetterman campaign." Both campaigns were offered the opportunity to do full two full rehearsals with the same equipment used in tonight's debate. Mr. Fetterman chose to only do one. That's not that, 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 that's not the campaign or the the, the company's fault. Right. So, so we're going to move to some cli- clips now, some more clips. I have two more clips today of Dr. Eyes completely destroying John Fetterman. We're not going to pick on John Fetterman for a stroke. We can pick on him for his bad ideas, and not being able to implement them but it's not because of a stroke right so here's this is
0: stage has broken the law we believe has who's broken the law, we believe. John Fetterman took a shotgun, chased an unarmed African-American man and put the gun, apparently, according to that man, to his chest. John, you weren't pulled over by the police. Uh, they let you go. You were the mayor at the time. Why haven't you apologized to that unarmed, innocent black man who you put a shotgun to his chest?
2: Alright, we will allow a 30-second response to that, Mr. Fetterman, specifically what he was saying, referring to the incident in Braddock.
3: No, I, I made the opportunity to defend my community as the st- the chief law enforcement officer there. Everybody in Braddock, uh, an overwhelming majority uh, community of, of black uh, community, all understood what happened. You know, they, uh, they understood what happened. And everybody agreed that. And nobody believes that it was anything about me making a split-second decision to, to defend our community as well. Why not apologize? Uh, uh,
2: Mr. Oz, please. Uh, we, we
1: are still with Mr. Fetterman turning to you. What does that mean? Here's a quote from X Strategies. Majority black community, community understood what happened, and everyone agreed that no, and nobody believes that it was about me making a split section decision to defend our community as well. That is a John Fetterman quote, ladies and gentlemen. Majority black community, community understood what happened, and everyone agreed that, and nobody believes that it was about me make pardon me making a split section uh, second decision. To defend our community as well. An unarmed black man needs to be. Pointed. Have a shotgun pointed at their chest. Because they're black. In Braddock. When he is the mayor. Yeah okay. One more clip. And then we're going to end the program. For tonight. Until next Tuesday. And this was actually. John Fetterman completely disregarding the rules of the debate. Here's a clip.
0: Talk to couples when to make their first down payment on a new house and they can't afford it anymore because of interest rates. I've talked to families. You want to cut buy.
3: Social Security? M-
2: Mr. Fetterman, it's his turn for his closing.
1: Talk
0: to couples when to make their first
1: down. That sounds like a kindergarten teacher or a preschool teacher is out on the playground. Uh, um, John, that that it's his turn to play with 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 the bouncy ball. John, it's his turn to go down the slide. I want to go down the slide. Uh, Mr. Fetterman, it's his turn. I
0: want to go down the slide.
1: Mr. Fetterman, Mr. Fetterman, you, you can't go down right now. Dr. Oz is speaking. Dr. Oz is going down the slide. It's not your turn. But I want to go down and I don't want to share. It, okay, I don't know much about strokes, right? But does it cause your, your mental state to, to go to a younger person? <laughs> I mean, go, go to a younger mental state? How is that behavior
0: on payment on a new house and they can't afford it anymore because of interest rates? I've talked to families. You want to cut
1: Social Security, Mr.
2: Fetterman. It's his turn for his closing.
1: How is that behavior acceptable for anyone that's considering going to the U.S. Then? And what does this have to do with any, anything, anything at all? With Social Security. Talk to couples when they
0: make their first down payment on a new house and they can't afford it anymore because of interest rates. I've talked to families. You,
3: you want to cut to Social Security?
1: M- Mr. Fetterman, it's his turn for
2: his closing.
1: That, that reminds me of a preschooler or a kindergarten teacher right there. That's the behavior by someone trying to run to be the next U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania. All that to say, we need Dr. Oz in the Senate. He will be that 51st vote keeping that seat Republican. He needs to keep that seat republican and we need to keep dr oz or put dr oz in the u.s senate because remember remember guys john fetterman supports fracking and and he supports fracking and he's
2: just a second mr oz i do want to clarify something you're saying tonight that you support fracking that you've always supported fracking but there is that 2018 interview that you said quote i don't support fracking at all so how do you square the two
3: Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Okay, thank you.
1: My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Feature Radio Network on the American Perspective, on affiliate radio stations all across the nation, and at GOPJosh.com, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you, you, you joining us Every single Tuesday and Thursday, because I support fracking, and I don't, and I support fracking, and I I support fracking, and I stand, and I support fracking. GOPjosh.com. Thank you for being here. See you next Tuesday with a brand new episode, and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.